you know, but for me personally, Arizona is just a really cool kind of weird, different state to hunt than anything else I normally hunt. And that's where I really like to hit kind of the, these better odd type hunts. You know, and yeah, you're not hunting a giant bull with a giant buck. You've got still really good quality hunting. Coos deer past few years have been some of my favorite hunts to go after, man. There, there's so much just adventure and coolness to that hunt. And they're readily available if you don't have, you know, really anything more than a handful of points. I really like the Arizona tag system. More so coming from the personal basis of I'm a guy that burns points quite often. Um, you know, so it, it's a very nice system for that for me because I, I have kind of a wide array of opportunities I can go into. Now on, on the high point side of things, um, where you're dealing with 20% of those tags going into into your your high point holders, it adds some degree of planning availability there. But also at the same time, like tag number changes can affect your strategy pretty quickly. Um, you know, I mean, it only takes you know two or three less tags to get dropped out of a unit for the bonus round, and then you might be done. You know, a lot of states are going to give you a first choice hunt, or excuse me, a first choice hunt selection. They're going to go through all the first choice hunts, and they're not going to consider a second choice hunt until all the first choice hunts have been satisfied or gone through. Whereas in Arizona, they're going to give you two hunt choices that get considered at the same time. So say if your number gets pulled, your number 100 or whatever, they're going to pull your number. Mm -hmm. They're going to look at your first choice hunt selection. Is there any hunts available or is there any tags available for that hunt? If yes, they'll place you into that hunt. If no, then they're going to turn around and look at your second choice hunt. So a lot of times when I'm looking at units, and this is kind of more from a general sense of things, a lot of times I don't really look at harvest success a whole hell of a lot to begin with. You know, it's definitely a filter that I'm going to use down the road. Mm -hmm. um, you know, harvest success is largely based on, on hunter effort, which you don't know. You know, you got guys that are road hunting and, you know, private land, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's always some, some skewed, you know, aspects there. But a lot of times you'll see a unit and say maybe has a low harvest success rate. And that, that's, you know, there could be a pile of elk on the unit. It's just a hard unit to hunt. Mm -hmm. You know, those, those are areas that I kind of like to get into because generally I can I can suss the elk out in those areas and I feel confident I can get into it. But at that point, it's just, you know, then it's my abilities as a hunter that's going to be successful at that point because I got to rely on that. Hey guys, real quick before we get into this episode, I need you to do me a couple of favors. First, go give us a review on iTunes. Can't stress it enough. It's really, really important for me to help keep this free and to help me keep it going. Next, get involved with your hunting rights. Go join Howl for Wildlife. Super simple. It takes a couple minutes. You can even do the free membership. I don't care. But be involved. Lastly, I want you to do yourself a favor and up your shooting game. Go get you some Phoenix shooting bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%. That's all I got for you. Let's get into this episode. We're going to talk about some of this today. I got a few questions for you, and we're uh, cool. we're talking with we're talking with Dave Barnett of uh, Go Hunt, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk some tag strategy. We pick apart Arizona. Definitely some big topics. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Give us a little rundown about yourself. Definitely, yeah. So. Uh... My position at Go Hunt, uh, I'm the research content manager, so I do deal largely uh, in our insider platform. So that's going to entail updating seasons, uh, writing application strategies, uh, unit profile work, mapping. You know, there's a lot of kind of things that live under that umbrella. Um, I've been working full time at Go Hunt since 2018, uh, and then prior to that, I did freelance writing work for them, uh, starting in 2015. So I've kind of been around on, on Go Hunt for quite a while, I guess you could say. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, you know, largely the research side of, of our business is, is where I spend the bulk of my time. Awesome. 
So, obviously, doing that part, you're uh, you're pretty well versed on how all these uh, draw systems work. And I know I've covered it before on here, but let's let's cover Arizona as far as how the draw system works, how the points work, real quick, and then we'll kind of talk about tag strategy and and uh, yeah, definitely Arizona. Actually, personally, is probably one of my favorite draw systems. It is mine. Um, it is mine. Yeah. As well. So you know, largely going into it, kind of you know, as a base overview. Twenty uh, percent of your tags are going to go to your highest point holder, so they, they kind of work like a preference point state, like Colorado would. But then that remaining eighty percent is going to go to a random draw, mm-hmm. which is which is why I like that tag system so much. You know, it's almost backwards of other states, and we're generally they're, they're favoring the high point holder. Um, you know, you have some some incredible random odds, and the thing that I like about that for me personally is that I'm I'm not a big point guy. You know, there's certain states you have to hold a lot of points in. But I'm, I'm a big fan of like opportunity hunts, hunting as much as I possibly can. Right. And that's where Arizona really comes into play for me with that 80% random aspect. Uh, in the past two years, I've drawn two tags down that generally take five to six points. And I've drawn them with zero. Right. Um, you always you know, so have that, a mathematical that, chance here. That's what I tell everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I've had sheep clients draw with three points and then guys who's got <laughs> 25 points and still haven't drawn, you know? So, oh yeah, it, it's always, I mean, man, it, it, it's crazy going through, you know, the draw on data that we go through every year for every state and seeing in these states that do have that random aspect to their draw, how many people are just getting lucky and snagging a sheep tag at, you know, zero to three points or whatever. I mean, it happens right. a lot more than people think. I mean, obviously the odds are steep, but you know, there's always that chance there. And that, that's one thing that we preach quite often uh, with Arizona. You know, applying in Arizona, you have the opportunity to apply for a point only mm-hmm. or you can apply for your hunt. You know, there's instances where I might apply for a point only, um, you know, say in a, in a year where I have other hunts planned and I know yeah. I can't make the Same. hunt in Arizona and I, I want to build a point. Or, you know, if, you, if you're a guy sitting on a heap of points and it's drought year and you don't want to hunt, you know, willowed out, busted up bulls, you know, it might be a good opportunity to build a point that year. But other than that, you know, just, just like you just said, you always have a chance to draw in Arizona. Right. Um, you know, that's one state I always encourage, you know, if, you, if you're going to put in, you can make the hunt happen this year. Put in for the hunt that you want. Right. I, and I, I follow the same philosophy as you. I always put in here um, except for when I don't want to draw. <laughs> you right. Know, when I know exactly. 100% I don't want to draw, then I just put in for a bonus point. Because, right, exactly. Yeah, because you always have a mathematical chance. There's, you know, there's some states that you know you just gotta to process every year and put it in. There's nothing to reward you or nothing to incentivize you. Really, not really reward you, but um, to to want to even put in. You know, right? There's nothing. Yeah, exactly. There's no excitement. You can't, can't. You know, there's so many states you can't even think about it until you're 15 points in. Yeah, and you know, and that's kind of the one thing too. You run into. I think a lot of guys kind of run into that in Arizona. Is you know, obviously the the game quality in some units in Arizona is exceptional. You know, that's why pronghorn licenses take so long to draw, and some of the you know the high tier elk units are just crazy. You know, but for me personally, Arizona is just a really cool, kind of weird, different state to hunt than anything else I normally hunt. And that's where I really like to hit kind of the, these better odd type hunts. You know, and yeah, you're not hunting a giant bull or a giant buck, but you've got still really good quality hunting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the coos deer the past few years have been some of my favorite hunts to go after. Man, there, there's so much just adventure and coolness to that hunt, and they're readily available if you don't have you know really anything more than a handful of points. Right, absolutely. And even that's become really, really popular. We're going to talk about elk here mostly, but let's let's talk about this deer for a second. There used to be leftover tags yep. for the deer hunts, especially coos deer. 
And you just don't see that anymore. It was uh, for a long time, my tag strategy was let me shoot for the stars. And if I don't draw it, I'll pick up a leftover tag. And I'm going to go. Yeah, definitely. And it, yeah. Or, and even, I mean, even in the last, the last few years that I've been kind of really watching these coos tags, as long as you're not hitting that, that December hunt, mm-hmm. um, pretty much all those tags are available at like one to two points. Well, in the last few years, they've really started to jump. Right. You're seeing them, you know, hitting four or five points, you know, and, and kind of going up from there. Um, you still have that random aspect on the draw. That's pretty decent odds. You know, a lot of those hunts, even at zero points, you're talking 20, 30% odds. But yeah, that, that pressure and attention on that side of things is definitely climbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I imagine it might even get a little worse because before that, you know, before they made these changes for the OTC archery hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys were even thinking the same thing. Well, uh, you know, I won't get a rifle tag, but I'll be able to hunt deer with my bow. And now it's like that. You don't even know. I mean, we're we're here. Is it uh, three days into the hunt? And there are several units closed already. Yeah. So, yeah. I was just looking at the list. There's quite a few like northern units that are that are closed down. Yep. Um, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, that December 1 tag sale date on that on that non-resident archery tag now it's kind of starting to rival idaho you know in that sense i mean like if you're not on you're not gonna get one yeah they sold out in Um, 24 hours or 48 hours yeah yep real quick real quick which it's hard going into your application strategy and tag playing strategy for the year when you got two states idaho and arizona that traditionally had otc tags that you kind of use as a backup type hunt mm-hmm. if you didn't draw anything else those are now at the forefront of your planning right and you know throws a wrench in, into a lot of things yep. and, you know makes it quite difficult to plan with yeah absolutely yeah i'm looking at it now and it says unit one unit 3b 6a 6b 7 and 9 8 20a 24a 27 those are all closed yeah and you Real know what, what? What it what scares the hell out of me is that like units like thirty six B, C, and A, they have a, a bunch of tags for coos deer, not for muleys. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the muleys almost closed already on all those, but they have a bunch of coos tags. So what's that going to do? That's going to make everybody who bought their license that's not come until January, they're all going to crowd in the same units. Right. There are units that are open. And I think it's going to make, it's going to cause a worse effect than they were trying to, you know, with part of the thing that they were trying to fix was. Right. And yeah. Now, and now it's going to make it worse. Yeah. So. You, you know, you, you limited tag numbers trying to, you know, to reduce that pressure overall, but now you're almost, yeah, you're kind of creating like a focusing effect on that. Right. You know, where guys, guys have bought their tags, they have all the time off approved, you know, whatever they're going to do this hunt. Now the units they want to hunt are closed. You know, where are they going to go? Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's it's kind of scary. Like uh, me as an outfitter, like I, I took a, we took two clients. We're taking two clients for archery, and I'm kind of worried. I'm like, you know, where where are we? We're planning on hunting here, but are those places going to be open? And if one if they are open, how many people are going to be in there competing? <laughs> right, know? right. So I mean. I, it, I'm just looking at 36B is one of, you know, it's a unit that I like to hunt. You know, they've got 226 antlered whitetail deer. So 20, 226 coos deer available to hunt and 29 mule deer to hunt still. Everybody's going to mm-hmm. go there. 
Like, right. you know that's going to happen, right? It's like, there's no, there's no, because it's going to be one of the only units still open. And it's just going to be a zoo. And people are going to be climbing mm. over each other. Yeah, so. definitely. You can get, yeah, I, I think there's going to start to be, you can you know, start strategizing, you know, based upon that. You know, you're going to stick to the, the rougher type units that people t- traditionally don't want to hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then you're talking about trying to hunt coos deer which are already kgs i'll get out in you know in a really really difficult unit with a bow right last year my coos hunt i spent five days hunting the exact same basin with a rifle every single day and i finally got got in on a buck that i wanted to shoot and it was still a 600 plus yard shot right uh, <laughs> i mean yeah it, it's a different game when you got a bow in your hand oh yeah for sure for sure that's it's it's crazy well let's talk about uh Let's talk about the the elk draw that's coming up here. Now, have there is, has there been any changes in Arizona? Maybe we should talk about if there's been changes in the last couple of years because I think a lot of us, including myself, because I go so many places, it's hard to keep up with all this stuff. Right, right. Yeah, Arizona's one you really haven't seen too many changes in. Um, primarily, it's been kind of more focused on on your OTC hunts, mm-hmm. um, you know, distributing your hunter pressure, which is, is kind of large. I think we're seeing a lot of these changes come from, um, you know, all these surrounding Western states. You got so many people that are now, I don't know what to blame it on, whether it was coronavirus or what, but you have so many people now moving into these new Western states because mm-hmm. you got, you know, remote working so big, you know, all of that. So you, you have your, your populations, your resident populations are continually growing in these Western states. You know, so you're seeing a lot more demand put on your on your state organizations to increase that opportunity for residents. Um, you know, so you are seeing a lot of changes hit these states. But yeah, I mean, in general, in terms of you know, how the draw works, how the draw operates, you really haven't seen too many changes in Arizona. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty status quo. Yeah, uh, I know we touched on it a little bit, but let let's let's dive into that point system a little bit better here and explain that because I don't. I have a layman's way of putting it, but I'd like to hear it from you, and I'll, I'd like to to see your take on it and how it how it all works. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so yeah, like I said before, I, I really like the Arizona tag system more so coming from the personal basis of I'm a guy that burns points quite often. Um, you know, so it, it's a very nice system for that for me because I, I have kind of a wide array of opportunities I can go into. Now, on the high point side of things, um, where you're dealing with 20% of those tags going into, into your, your high point holders, it adds some degree of planning availability there. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, like tag number changes can affect your strategy pretty quickly. Um, you know, I mean, it only takes, you know, two or three less tags to get dropped out of a unit for the bonus round, and then you might be done. You know, yep. so, so, you know, that small percentage on that high point side can, can hurt you at times too. Um, now you look at another state, like even Wyoming, even though they have a random aspect, but you have 75% of your tags going to a high point holder. It's a, it's a lot easier to plan when you're going to draw a hunt there. Right. Yep. Um, you know, so, you, so you do have a little bit of that that comes into play in Arizona, but you know, generally Arizona is a state that you, you can, you can plan around pretty, pretty confidently, you know, knowing when you're going to get a tag, if you are one of those high point holders, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't see huge amounts of point creep you do see some fluctuations but it's generally fairly predictable um fairly even yeah that's for sure what i wanted what i really want to touch on right here is like actually how the points work so it's my understanding that i've been to put it like i said in a layman's way is if i got five points for a species 
I have five. I could stick my hand in the hat five times to draw out a number. Mm-hmm. There's a hat full of numbers. Okay. One, two, whatever. A hundred thousand. <laughs> whatever it is. You stick your hand in there five times and you pull out five different pieces of paper. And whatever your lowest number is, that is your place online. Or that is that is your draw number. So if I stick my hand in the hat five times randomly and I come up with the number one, I'm going to get a tag. If I come up with the number 1,500, it's going to go through 1,500 people. And if those 1,500 people before me don't have the same hunt numbers I do as my first or second choice, then I'll get a tag. But if I don't, then... Is, is that my am I correct in that the way basically the way it works? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and you know that's one little caveat that's good to hit on with with Arizona too is you you have your first and second choice hunt. So you know a lot of states are going to give you a first choice hunt or excuse me a first choice hunt selection. They're going to go through all the first choice hunts and they're not going to consider a second choice hunt until all the first choice hunts have been satisfied or gone through. Um, whereas in Arizona they're going to give you two hunt choices that get considered at the same time so say if your number gets pulled your number 100 or whatever they're going to pull your number mm-hmm. they're going to look at your first choice hunt selection is is there any hunts available or is there any tags available for that hunt if yes they'll place you into that hunt if no then they're going to turn around and look at your second choice hunt you know so that's a lot of times you'll see in arizona um facebook instagram whenever you start seeing hey arizona cards are being hit mm-hmm. a lot of times you don't you don't know which one of your two hunts you drew right you know exactly. so you're still kind of you're like all right i got a tag in my pocket but i need to wait for that email now to find out you know what what i'm going to have there um you know so, so there is some of that there too now there's also some strategy to be talked about between that first and second choice of you know so let's let's say you have two hunts you're looking at one is you're shooting for the star hunt and the other one is, you know, say maybe your backup hunt and it's got really damn good draws. Mm-hmm. Well, if you list that, that, that second hunt that's got really good draws as your first choice on there, you might, might not even have an opportunity to get to your, your dream hunt, even if there was a tag available. Right. Uh, which you'll see that strategy pop up in a few other Western states as well. Yeah. And to take that further, if you have max points for that second hunt, It'll go right to your second hunt. It will pass over your first hunt. Isn't that correct? Right. Yeah. Yes. So like if you put in, let's say, unit one elk as your first choice, and then you put in 6A as your second, and you got 10, you're sitting on 10 points or whatever, you're going to draw the 6A tag. You're not even going to have a mm-hmm. chance to get the one. Right. Because you'll, you'll draw the second choice in your bonus round or in the uh, right. yeah, bonus point round, in the max, max pull round, excuse me. Yeah, so that's where I think, you know, largely going into Arizona, it's, it's, it's good from the get-go to get, you know, kind of your goals and aspirations planned out for the state. Um, you know, kind of like we hit on earlier, that, like there's some phenomenal hunts in Arizona. I mean, one of my favorite examples is, is deer. You know, everybody thinks about Arizona deer and they're like, oh man, you know, strip bucks, whatever, you know, yeah. giant, giant deer. There's a whole lot of hunts that you don't typically see glamorized that aren't, aren't I'm not going to say not great hunts, but they're not, they're not what you typically think of in Arizona. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, and then also you kind of throw in the, the wrench into that too, where your coos hunts are also taking your same point values on there. Right. You know, so I think largely you have to kind of decide, you know, what do I want to hunt in the state? Um, you know, on the elk side of things, you got your, your late archery and late rifle hunts, great draw odds. You're typically not going to be dealing with, I mean, I just, I just got back from a late archery hunt. I mean, you're bow hunting elk in November, <laughs> you know, it's, yep. it's not a, it's not a great odds of success type hunt. 
I had every opportunity in the world and I, I screwed up myself. So, I mean, I, you know, it, it can be done, but main point being there, you know, there's ways to hunt Arizona elk, you know, every five, six years or whatever, but you know, just going into it, you're not going to kill kind of the typical Arizona bull that most people are thinking about. Yeah. I actually like that late season archery hunt. I've had it three times and I've, I've mm-hmm. tagged out twice. Beautiful. Um, but again, you're not going to, you know, you see a respectable, mature bull, you're going. You're not like, I'm going to hold out for, <laughs> you know. Right. You, even if you have those units, you know, and that's the other thing too. Those units change. Like mm-hmm. those units that are pristine, you know, top tier units may not be that same. You're not going to see that same caliber of bull in those units in the later seasons. So right, a lot correct. of people, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, a lot of factors, you know, and you got, you know, you know, broken bulls and you got, you know, yeah, like say bulls, if they're not even in that unit anymore, they moved, you know, right. by the time you hit that. Um, yeah. And that's where, you know, the hunt that I had, I mean, it's pretty much a, you see a bull, you put a stock on him type of a hunt. Right. Um, the bull I ended, I ended up missing, um, just a, a good solid, like 260 inch five point. But I mean, in that unit, about as good as you can expect, you know, for that, for yeah. that hunt. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, so yeah, it's definitely different types of animals that you're hunting, but at the same time, like I said earlier, it's, it's a, it's a totally different experience, you know, in a different time of the year that you, you don't get, you know, in some of your Northern States, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just a totally different hunt, but it, it's a good time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's deer hunting big, you know, yeah. 800 pound deer. <laughs> it's what it right. is. It's, right. it, it's, it's that same, you know, you're not calling, you're not, you know, you're not doing any of the stuff that you would do. Uh, during the early season, uh, in my opinion, it's mostly just a spot stock, lots of glassing type situation. You could do, you know, I know guys like Unit Nine's a popular place for that hunt. Uh, most guys will sit water holes, and it's very, right. very productive. Like if you can do that, if you want that kind of hunt, then you can you can shoot a big bull there you know and that and that hunt is accessible you know it's it's not accessible as as a you know an early archery hunt i mean you need points or you need right, to be really really lucky like we said to get into random but yeah i know guys that have put in and and gotten you know that late archery tag you know three times in the last six or seven years and yep. they've, and they've taken good bulls out of it so yeah definitely yeah there's always that opportunity for sure yeah so there i'm just using that as an example there's plenty of examples <laughs> of that but i'm sure i'm sure now unit nine's gonna that those draws gonna change <laughs> but yeah that's where uh i ran into a buy hunt um i know even you know on those late hunts on drier years you can do pretty good on sitting some of those tanks but shoot we had we had snow one night we were yeah. in the teens on most days 40 mile an hour winds and we like it was, you know i mean it was brutal you know most of the stuff i was hunting um, yeah. and at that point the elk are timbered up real heavy yep. um you know and, and trying to you know trying to still hunt timber for elk with a bow is i mean it, it can be done but it's a tough proposition too absolutely yeah two out of the three times i had that hunt man it was the weather was whew, it was something else and you don't expect that in arizona no. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was it was brutal, windy, really windy. But um, you know, like it, it's a good hunt. It could be really. Actually, I've also had it one of the three. Actually, two times out of out of the three times that I had that tag, there was actually some bugling going on. 
there wasn't a whole lot of interaction with you, but you could hear them. You know, if you bugled in the dark in the morning, they would bugle back, and nice. you can hear. And I, we saw some rutting act. You know, the bulls were, still had some cows, and they were pushing them around a little bit. You will see that. You 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 know, especially the the early part of that on. So anyway, right. <laughs> we could we could kiss that hunk goodbye now. That's not going to be a good hunt to go on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like every time I get down to Arizona, <laughs> I'm like, man, why did I do this hunt again? I'm gonna get, I mean, shoot, I feel like every time I hunt down in the desert country, I, 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 I'm blind to thorns for whatever reason, and every damn plant down there's full of them. Most people are, um, you don't know. Oh yeah, and I'm always like, man, why did I come down here again? Why did I do this hunt? And then by the time I'm leaving, I'm like, man, I got to find a way to get back. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean that that like I said that late bow hunt I just did. I, I mean, I got my rear end kicked. I mean, that, that hunt beat me up. Like I said, I, I had my chance. Uh, I screwed it up. It's my fault, but I already want to go back now. Yeah, I I, I know the feeling. I, I feel that way about most things. I, I, got my butt, <laughs> I got my butt kicked in South Dakota this year, and I came back with a little mild case of frostbite on my toes. And Oh, wow. And I was like, man, when I got home, I was like so happy to be home. And then the very next day, I was like, shit, I want to go back. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it, you know, it's a weird thing. I mean, I've been, I've been very fortunate in the past four or five years where, I mean, I've, I've been on a, on a pretty good streak of punching tags. And this year I had a couple hunts that just gave it to me. Um, I had a, I had a Wyoming region H deer tag. I mean, every oh, aspiration nice. in the world and we just got it handed to us. I mean, just, just poor weather. Like we just got beat up on that hunt. Um, you know, but it, it went from feeling like, all right, I'm getting things figured out. You know, I've hit a, I've hit a step as a hunter, yep. um, <laughs> to get just totally knocked off your ass. Again. You know, so, I mean, which is good, you know, that humility helps you, helps you look at lessons and learn things. Yep. Um, so I'm definitely excited for, for 23 now. Absolutely, man. I, every time I feel like I'm the, the John Stallone's the greatest hunter in the whole world, I, <laughs> it, it figures out, it figures out a way to show me that I'm, I'm terrible. Right. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I did not have, um, had a very slow year. Let's put it that way for me. Yeah. And, and, and I'm saying that but I, I, you know, I killed a moose and I killed an, an antelope, but, uh, I did not get an elk in Colorado, which I waited eight years for that tag. Oh man. And I had opportunities, man. So it, like, I, I can't blame, I, it's not even like, I can't even say like, Oh, it was the weather. Or it was this, or it was that, you know, I couldn't even do that. Um, and, um, yeah, in, in South Dakota as well. Like I, I've been to South Dakota. This was my eleventh season, and I've only this is the third time I haven't filled a tag. So like I've had oh, wow. very yeah. great you know good success there, and had plenty of opportunities. I had several really good opportunities, and I just I freaking blew them. It was all me, man. There was nothing, nothing right. I could do yeah, about which, it. Those ones, those ones always sting the most when they happen. But there's so much you can learn from those opportunities too. If you come at it with the right mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, and just know that like, you know, there's certain things I'm not going to repeat that mistake again, or, you know, at least try to control it as much as I can. But you know, those are, those are always better lessons than, you know, just getting up there and just flat, not seeing nothing all week. You know, it just oh, yeah. makes it a lot easier. For sure. For sure. It's a little harder on your psyche, like, you know, your ego, I should right. say, but, um, it's definitely, it's a better experience. Like nobody likes to go and get skunked and not see anything or nothing. <laughs> right. Or but, um, anyway, I took, I took us away from uh, Arizona here. Let's, um, <laughs> let's talk about the different tiers of what people can expect. Like we can, you know, put these units in this tier and these units in this tier. And, yeah, um, definitely. 
Yeah. So like I said, I think, um, you know, starting out early on in Arizona, it's kind of important to decide, you know, what, what do I want to accomplish in this state? You know, is this a state that I want to go down there and I want to have, you know, one of the, the hunts you grew up watching on TV or whatever, you know, where I'm, I'm hunting, you know, 340, 350 plus type bulls, you know, in the route with my bow, or do I want to go to Arizona and, and say I killed an elk in Arizona and I don't really care what it was. I just want to go do that hunt experience, that hunt, you know, and, and check something else off the list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's, there's, there's different ways of going about those hunts. Um, you know, when you start talking, okay, I want to kill a top tier type bull. Um, you know, you have the opportunity to get lucky in the random, but you know, for the most part, you buckle up cause it's going to be, you know, a 25 year plus weight more than likely mm-hmm. you know, on some of the, on some of your higher end hunts. Um, you know, but on, on the same hand, if I'm coming in at this at, at zero points and I just want to figure out what Arizona's about, you know, and how to, how to, how to go about things, there's a lot of ways you can get into a hunt on low points and experience Arizona. You know, you might hunt, you might hunt that state four or five times for elk before, you know, you pull a premium tag. Right. Um, you know, so, so there's some good things to, to be looked at there. Um, I think, I think you know, even to add another dynamic to that, it, it, to ask yourself is what kind of experience you want. Right. Because there is units that you can go and just kill a bull, but you may or may not have the Arizona experience. I think the one thing that people really love about Arizona is that you can come here, you can bugle, you can call, you will get a bull charging in, snotting from the face and, you know, that experience is here and it's, but it's not in every single unit. You got to look at it at the units. And I, this is one of the things I love about go hunt is I love looking at, you know, bull to uh, cow ratios. I love looking at that, like those different, um, that those different data points that give me what I want to know, what kind of experience am I going to have? You know, it, can you go? There's some of these units that have very low density of elk, and they have giant bulls, giant bulls. You know, are you going to have that bugle fest, or are you okay with just using woodsmanship and glassing ability to find the big bull? So it's, I don't think it's only just about what kind of a caliber bull you want, but it's what kind of experience you want to definitely definitely and that's like kind of one big lesson i've taken with myself in the past few years not even in arizona but in a number of other states is Mm -hmm. you know what like what type of hunter are you what what type of hunts do you thrive on what type of hunts beat you up like i know for me personally on the grindy type hunts you know where i'm hunting all week and i'm seeing one to two deer or one to two elk those are the ones where mentally i don't do good on Mm-hmm. Um, Same. Yeah, I know for me personally, like e- even if I'm seeing a bunch of small animals, but just seeing animals every day keeps me going a lot better. Same. Um, you know, and, and that's where I think, you know, playing into those strengths and weaknesses um, can really help you have a good hunt. And that's like one thing I tell people all the time is control your controllables. So looking at a hunt, you know, let, let's say you're just looking at a unit and it's got a mixture of real heavy, heavy timber and it's got good open, you know, glassable type terrain. Um, you know, if you're a guy that does not do good in an area that you can't see and you can't glass in, hunting that timber is probably not going to be real effective for you, even if there's more elk in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so playing into your strengths and weaknesses on a hunt, you know, and then kind of, you know, kind of moving through there. Um, you know, one of the, one of the good examples I like to look at is, I mean, if somebody came down to me right now and was like, all right, you get one more hunt for your lifetime, what's it going to be? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, it's going to be an archery rut hunt where I'm calling in bulls. You know, like my, my exact shot scenarios mean, 
yeah, calling in a bull. He's got, you know, snot dripping out of his nose. He's peeing on himself, screaming at you. But taking that out of the count now, the past few years, if I got a bull that's bugling, I'm not going to call him in. I, I like to go in silent. I get way more shot opportunities doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, you know, deciding on, you know, what can I hunt the best? What can I do? What kind of caliber bulls do I want to kill? You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways to attack Arizona. Yeah, for sure. What are, what are some of the ways guys can use um, the go hunt platform to decipher what's, yeah. what's best? Yeah, definitely. The first thing I'm going to do, um, I pretty much do this for any state, but the first thing I'm going to do is jump into draws. Um, you know, once I kind of have an understanding of, you know, how does the draw work, that type of thing, which we, we have our state regulation pages that kind of burn through all those as well as our application strategies. Um, the first thing I'm going to do is, is jump into draws and right then and there, that's where I'm going to try to decide, you know, what, what kind of a hunting experience I want in Arizona. Um, if I'm a guy that's just looking for tags, I'm just, I'm just going to punch in how many points I have, whether it's zero or five or what have you punching your points. I'm going to use the, the filter to be able to basically essentially cut out units that don't have good draw odds or whatever, you know, say I'm looking for, you know, hunts between 20 and hundred percent odds. Um, I'm going to kind of start getting an idea of, you know, what hunts do I have pretty good odds on at my point level, you know, maybe not necessarily shooting for that hundred percent, but even, even talking a random draw, you know, a hunt above, you know, 20, 30% is pretty decent for a random, random odd. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of start ranking those. Um, at that point, once I've got, you know, a list of five or six hunts, I can start jumping into unit profiles and doing some reading on those, um, you know, and kind of starting to delineate, you know, is what type of terrain am I going to be dealing with in this hunt? How am I going to hunt elk during the season on this hunt? You know, and kind of realistically ranking these on, yes, I feel like I can kill a bull in this unit or, you know, this one's going to be a struggle. It's kind of out of my, my wheelhouse a little bit. So I know for me personally, I grew up in Northern Idaho, which is, very reminiscent of like West coast of Oregon, uh, lots and lots of cedar, yeah. lots of water, very, very thick. Um, for me personally, I struggle on like dry, arid, you know, pinion juniper type units. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I haven't hunted them enough. I'm not comfortable on them. Um, you know, so I know for me personally going into more of like a, a mountainous type unit, I'm going to do a lot better on, um, just in terms of locating elk and, you know, figuring out how to hunt them from there. Um, you know, so, so yeah, you know, again, looking at the units, checking out unit profiles, seeing what kind of terrain types I'm dealing with, and then kind of formulating my ideas from there. Awesome. Yeah, I look at all. I always have, I guess I look at things as from a, you know, 30,000 foot view at first. I'm always looking at my whole hunting season mm-hmm. and I kind of like, where am I going to put things? And then I, then I start going into with the hunt, you know, which hunts I want to go after. I'm always going after hunts that are going to provide not just opportunity to hunt, but opportunity on the hunt. I don't, I'm never like that. I'm like never shooting. I shouldn't say never. I have a handful of states that I'm collecting points in that I'm shooting for the stars. And mm-hmm. then everything else is, you know, I'm, it's, it's about putting animals in front of me. You know, right. So, and, it, and I, I like, I like picking through all the data points that are going to, cause I know what kind of hunter I am. A very, one of the things that I've had reasons why I've had success is cause I know, I know me, you know, I know, right. and I know where to, I know where to put me that I'm going to be effective. So, uh, and that's not to say that I don't like to try new things. So I definitely like to, you know, learn new country and learn, uh, 
but I also know that, okay, for instance, we're talking about that late season elk. I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm not going to be able to glass. Right. You know, so those, those are the kind of things that I want to, like, I want to look for. And those are the kind of, that's the data that I'm looking at also when I'm trying to choose where, where I'm going to put my, where my put my name in the hat. So. Definitely. Yeah. And that's where I think, you know, some of the various filters that we have, um, when you get into the, you know, like filtering 2.0, um, you know, one thing I, I like to look at, I look at, you know, just like everybody else, I like to look at public land percentage, especially when it comes to like a September archery hunt. I like to be on a unit that I don't really have to worry about tiptoeing around private land. So if I just like to know, you know, Hey, this is all public, go for it type of thing. Um, you know, but there's certain things on there. Um, I feel very confident myself in like my e-scouting ability. So like, I know if I'm looking at a unit that's got a decent population of elk, I'm going to get it narrowed down pretty fast just at home on the computer as far as where the elk are likely going to be. And I know I'm going to be able to locate them pretty quickly when I get there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when I'm looking at units, and this is kind of more from a general sense of things, a lot of times I don't really look at harvest success a whole hell of a lot to begin with. You know, it's definitely a filter that I'm going to use down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the harvest success is largely based on on hunter effort. Right. Um, which you don't know. You know, you got guys that are road hunting and, you know, private land, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's always some some skewed, you know, aspects there. But a lot of times you'll see a unit and say maybe it has a low harvest success rate. And that, that's, you know, there could be a pile of elk on the unit. It's just a hard unit to hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, and those, those are areas that I kind of like to get into because generally I can, I can suss the elk out in those areas and I feel confident I can get into them. Um, at that point, it's just, you know, then it's my abilities as a hunter that's going to be successful at that point. You know, so I got to rely on that. Yeah. Um, you know, but this is what I use that data for when I look at, I do look at harvest success, but I just look to see if it's at or above the national average. So right. like if I know that bow hunting elk in across the United States is, you know, a 15% endeavor then as long as it's above or at that in my head i'm like i can make it happen there right definitely yeah because i mean you're that, that you know that's your average guy that's out there you know it might not be you know the guy that that is you know thinking about elk year round you know which i mean there's nothing wrong with that everybody right, has their of aspirations course. but it kind of you know it gives you a, you know a sense it gives you a sanity check on your own abilities at that point Right. You know, I feel like I'm better than the average guy or, you know, I feel like I'm below the average guy and I'm still learning. It kind of gives you a way to gauge that hunt off of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you got a unit that's got a really high harvest success rate and it has a decent amount of public land. Chances are you're going to find an elk in there. It may not be an unpressured bull, but you know, you're, you're probably going to bump into an elk if you stay there long enough. Right. For sure. So I wanted to ask you before we, uh, we closed up with Arizona, like what is your general strategy you know for applying yeah definitely yeah i think again you kind of break it down to you know your your guy that's chasing after a top tier unit or you know top tier type boy you know whatever it is whatever experience you're wanting out of that break it down to that and then also kind of your, your you know maybe your newcomer uh, or your guy that has a few points that's been you know building points in arizona for the past few years you're not real sure what he wants to do with them yet you know, I think, I think if you're that high point guy, um, you know, weather-wise, we're looking good for this year. Last year was a phenomenal year. Horn growth was crazy. I was kicking myself for not even putting in for a coos tag this year. But, um, you know, I, I think if you're that guy that's at that high point, you know, just keep chasing your hunt. You know, I mean, that's, that's the best thing you can do. Hope and pray that you get in on the random side or, you know, eventually if you get enough points, you get that tag. 
Um, you know, if you're a guy that's in that, that mid tier type point level to, to zero points and you're not real sure what you want to do with your hunts, you know, be realistic in your expectations or, or you know, your, your aspirations of what you want out of Arizona. You know, if you, if you just want to go experience a, a really, really unique landscape with different types of animals, there's a lot of meat on the bone. Um, for the, those hunts under under eight points, say, right? Um, you know that's where you're using go on the inside around the draws. Um, you can sort all those hunts by draws, you know, from high to low. So I really like to look at like you know where am I? What are my best chances in the random odds? And those are usually the hunts that I want to go after. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that means you know you got a specific hunt in mind or you really just don't care. And that's where like for me this year, or I should say this last year for 2022, um, when I put in. I had zero elk points at that time. I didn't care where I hunted. I just wanted an Arizona elk tag. So right. I started kind of shopping around and seeing, you know, where's my best odds for a hunt that I think I can do. Um, you know, that's where I ended up. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, I guess the biggest thing I'd say is if you are that low point guy, don't get bullied into the thought process that, you know, you have to have a ton of points to go kill a big bull mm-hmm. in Arizona. You know, I mean, you do if you want to kill a big bull generally, but if you just want to experience Arizona, there's a, there's a lot on the table on that low point auction. Um, you know, and then kind of beyond that, the other big point I like to make is you know, everybody wants to kill a big giant bull and, you know, draw these premium tags, but the only way to become a good elk hunter and a good elk killer is to kill elk. Right. Um, you know, so that's where I really like to look at opportunity type states, you know, even, even antlerless elk hunts, you know, there's always opportunity to kill an elk. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, the antlerless hunts out here are, are are fairly obtainable that I would definitely for an out of state person, because you got to figure most guys that are putting in out of state, they're not thinking, Hey, I want to go shoot a cow. Um, right. So if you're one of those guys that has one point or, or, or less, you know, zero points, you never, and you like, Hey, I just want to go kill an elk and fill the freezer. You can get a cow tag. And you could get a good hunt. You can, and our, you know, you can get it during the rut. You can get all the experience. Actually, my first three tags here in Arizona were cow tags. Um, Definitely. Definitely. You know, and that's the thing that comes with a, with a cow elk hunt is a lot of times, you know, I mean, you're still, you're still hunting in the same similar type terrain oh, yeah. that you're going to be hunting bulls in. I mean, on that late hunt, I found cows up in the, the steepest, nastiest, just cliff shooty canyons. Like, you know, you spot the, spot the body and you're like, oh, it's got to be a bull. Throw the spider on it. And it's a cow. Yep. I mean, I, I saw cows in, in worse areas than I saw bulls in, um, you know, but even to that extent, I mean, you, you consider the fact that, you know, maybe you have a bull tag on this unit and you're happy shooting a two and a half year old bull if you see one or a spike. You right. know, sometimes a cow is certainly going to be bigger than a spike and it might be almost as big as a two and a half year old bull. You know, so in terms of meat, you're really not missing out on that. Much. Right. I, I always um, tell people don't, don't, you know, especially when you're talking about deer and stuff like that, if your tag is good for either don't shoot a spike. Don't shoot a, don't right. shoot a two-year-old. You know, if you just want it because you want to fill your freezer, get, then by all means, you know, kill a cow. That's what I. Oh would, yeah. That's what I would do. It's Definitely. just better. It's just better all around, management-wise, and and so on and so forth. But anyway. Definitely. Definitely. My, but I'll yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like I said, I think it, I think at the end of the day. Um, Arizona is that state where it's, it's just a really good idea, you know, as much as you can to just to try to establish, you know, what do I want to do in the state? You know, like we said earlier, there's, there's certain states, Utah, for instance, Utah is a state where you're going to have to hold points for years before you get into a good hunt, mm-hmm. you know, but Arizona, it, it, it does have that option to hit lower point hunts and have a really good hunt on them too. Right. You know, so if you're a guy that's fine killing just a, a mature bull, you know, be it a, a 260 inch bull or a 360, 
um, you know, those opportunities exist there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome, man. I want to thank you for coming on and uh, sharing sharing the knowledge. I know I'm going to get you back on here for Wyoming, and uh, we'll we'll talk about that and get the listeners for that. So definitely, man. Appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the show. Really appreciate you. Keep those reviews and those comments coming. Helps us keep this free. Do me a favor, go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%, all one word. And check out Howl for Wildlife. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next show.